0: Career competition is fierce. If you're a director, a VP, or an executive, this podcast is for you. This is the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast, and this is your host, Tim
1: Madden. Welcome, welcome, welcome to, man, episode 52, Time Flies, Christina. 82, 82.
0: You said 82.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to the Executive Career Upgrades podcast. I'm Tim Madden, and if you don't know me and Christina Madden, hey, we are the founders here at Executive Career Upgrades, where we help directors, VPs, and executives land new roles quickly. Hey, we go live inside the Executive Career Network, which is the fastest-growing career network over on Facebook. Check us out. We're at ten thousand three hundred members, Christina. And hey, if you're watching the ECN, say hi below in the comments. And of course, streaming over to our friends on LinkedIn and YouTube, we are monitoring the chat if you're tuning in live, or you could be listening to this while you're driving the car or going on your walk on iTunes, Spotify, and more. And as always, before we get started, do us a favor, hey, leave us a review over on Spotify or iTunes, only if we give you anything valuable today. And I know we will, because this is always the hottest topic that we talk about. Before we get started, though. Um, I do want to give a special shout out, Christina, to Michael. Hey, guys, this is an individual. He hasn't accepted the offer yet, so I got to be careful naming companies. But this individual, in 45 days of working together, has got four offers, two from Fortune 500 companies, and it's approaching half a million dollars. We just put the final negotiation touch on it, so we will keep everyone updated. But, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. And with that, we have uh oh yeah we have a new program here at executive upgrades we have a new salary and negotiation program this is never taught anywhere ever right so we decided to put together a program specifically figuring out hey how do you negotiate your salary what do you have to say how do you maximize it so if you want more information on that or more information on how to land a new job quickly. Go on over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast and schedule a call with the team. Cool. Christina. Yeah. Episode Mm -hmm. 82, negotiating executive compensation packages, tips, and strategies. Christina. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Well, you know me. I'm going to kick this off with a mindset portion about this. Okay. Because money and mindset are closely related concepts that can have a significant impact on one's financial success and overall well-being. So if you don't take anything else from that, let's pause for a minute and think about what do we think about money? Everybody's like, "Don't, don't talk about money. Here comes Tim and Christina talking about money. I grew up and that was a topic we just weren't allowed to talk about, right? Scary, all the scary stuff. And you'll hear us talk about it. Like it's, you know, a sandwich. Like we don't think too much about that, right? Like we're comfortable with talking about money. And when it comes to your mindset about money, that would refer to a set of beliefs, attitudes, and thoughts that influence how we perceive and approach different situations in our life. And when it comes to money, our mindset can determine whether we view it as a positive or negative force in our lives and whether we feel empowered or helpless when it comes to managing our finances. And so before we kick off you know, deep, more deeply into this, one common mindset you know, related to money is scarcity mindset, right? That's a buzzword. You hear a lot about that in books and LinkedIn and scarcity, scarcity, scarcity. And sometimes that can impact us when we don't even know it. It can typically stem from some things people said when we were growing up, right? So that's characterized by a belief that there's never going to be enough money to go around People with scarcity mindset may feel anxious and stressed about money and may struggle to make financial decisions that align with their long-term goals, right? Goals, goals, goals. And on the other hand, a growth mindset, which is what we want to, you know, eventually step into towards money is characterized by a belief that there is always opportunity to learn and improve one's financial situation. There's always enough money, right? There's always enough opportunity. And people with a growth mindset, they're more willing to take risks They're more willing to invest in themselves and their future and seek out opportunities for growth and and, you know development and ultimately cultivating a positive or growth oriented mindset towards money can help individuals achieve those financial goals live a more fulfilling and prosperous life and this can involve developing a deeper understanding of your personal finance and of course seeking out mentors resources and guidance and practicing good habits promote you know financial responsibility and discipline so with all that being said of that may have hit home for you guys but it's like hey when you hear the word money and salary negotiation what is your first thought if it's rooted and grounded in fear and scarcity this conversation is for you okay because money is not just dollars it's not just that check that hits every two weeks it's it's experiences it's resources for your kids it's it's legacy and it's opportunity so i really wanted to kick this off with these concepts because most of you like like I once did are suffering with these scarcity scared mentalities around money Yeah. If you're, tra- if you're trained by Grant Cardone maybe not so much anymore but
1: well it just goes to show like let's just talk about the economy for a second then we'll get into negotiations everywhere you see a recession's coming a recession's coming houses aren't yet you, you know the housing rate the inflation this is what you hear every day right But there is the number one reality, which is, follow me for a sec. In COVID, during COVID, the government printed hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars that were injected into the economy. Everyone agree with that? That's what happened, right? Where'd that money go? Does money just disappear, right?
0: Because the money is going to... No matter what money is yeah. going
1: to circulate, no matter what. And this time in history, there is no denying that a hundreds of billions of dollars were given to Americans and businesses or whatever, to stimulate the economy. The money is still out there. Ladies and gentlemen, do we have a hundred million more people in America in the past two years? Uh, no. Right. So just remember there is an abundance of money. There always will be. Okay. But the problem is what's going to be, significantly dependent on your ability to go out and get yours the mindset piece which christina talked about but the other is just what is the forget market standards what is your perceived value of yourself it should be so high okay so when we talk about perceived value we talk about hey how can i increase my value so that my perceived value is it the highest possible place it could be when we come down to the negotiations? Because the reality is you can be the best negotiator in the world if there's no perceived value. It doesn't matter. Okay. So I know we're about to go in to, to talk about this, right? But just remember, a lot of this relies on your ability to build a tremendous amount of value during the interview, and if you're unable to do that, other people are going to beat you out. If they do give you an offer, they're they're just gonna they're not going to be excited. They're going to be like, hey, you know, we think Christina can do the job. We said it pay two twenty. Let's give her a shot. Very inspiring, right? Increase your perceived value. Brand yourself as an industry leader. That's why you're right on LinkedIn, right? To connect and collaborate with other people to share your experiences over the past one, two, three decades that you've been in business and also continue to hone in those interview tactics and strategies and self-development. Otherwise, it's always going to be really hard to go out and get yours in the marketplace because the reality is everybody pays more for something that they see value in, period, end of story. Christina, I wanted to ask you now about maybe some things recently you've bought where maybe you've paid a little bit more, but maybe you know you were going to get good service. You know you were going to have a good experience, right? And while you're thinking, because I put you on the spot, let me give you the most basic example. Say you're trying to buy a house. The house is $500,000. That's your budget, okay? But you want this many bedrooms, this many bathrooms, in this neighborhood, with this pool, with everything you want in your house.
0: Well, you guys see what people are paying for homes right now.
1: Yeah. So what if a realtor brought you to a home where maybe you looked at a couple homes already, you haven't really found out what it is, and the realtor, they're notorious for doing this, right? Gotta love the realtors. They bring you to a house that's 575 k and you're like, oh, man, that's out of my budget. But it has what? The rooms, the new fixtures, the pool, the neighborhood, the Starbucks and the the grocery store a mile away. And it has everything you want done. So I'm telling you, most people are going to pull the trigger. Okay. The other thing is this, say your budget for a car is $600, but the model you want, you decide that you want the sunroof and the leather seats. And that's another $83 a month. I can literally guarantee you most people will go over budget. And if you don't believe me, just look at the federal government. Who's, guys, how far are they over budget now? Shit, I don't even think we've ever been on budget in, for a long time. What are we now? Like $30 trillion. So don't think like this is some like random occurrence where people don't pay more for stuff that they see value in, right? Christina, I've given you a little bit of time. Anything recently, maybe you've purchased and you spent a little more than you wanted to because of the value you've seen.
0: Oh, well, that's an endless list, right? Ladies, you could probably relate to this. I spend a lot more on some leisure wear brands because of the, ooh, the way those leggings slide on, right? Or recently Tim retired and we decided to invest in a sports car and I was kicking the can down the road, right? Cause I wasn't even excited about buying this thing, but because I came across the one with the red leather seats, that was it for me, right? Like just, it brought value to me. That may not have brought value to somebody else, but if you get in in an interview situation and you're talking to the CEO and he has a pain point that you can solve fast, they're going to negotiate your salary. So I know we're talking about leisure wear, sports cars, houses, but what we're trying to say is if you are solving problems, bringing value, and your perceived value and mindset is right, you are going to be positioned well to go into what we're going to talk about next.
1: Yeah. Right. So everyone pays more for stuff. Remember that. Remember that because you're probably going to ask employers to pay a little bit more than they were expecting to pay. However, if you make individuals feel comfortable and confident that you are the person to get the job done, guess what? most of the time they don't have a problem paying another 20 K or more incentives or another week vacation or, or what have you. Okay.
0: Well, so. the, the last thing I'll throw in around the mindset and goal part before we get to the actual tips and strategies on negotiating is I know that there must be some listeners thinking this, right? Because it comes up so often in our community and in our enrollment calls, that it's like, Hey, you know what I'm at a time in my life where money doesn't matter. And I've had, you know, X, Y, Z highlight, you know, years in my career and money doesn't even matter to me anymore. And I'm willing to settle for this and I'm willing to do this. And all of that might sound good, you know, in the moment, but what I find is that that sort of takes people into a settling. Right. And then also sort of a sense of like, um, not only decreased urgency, but desperation, okay? And you're putting off goals I know you have. So even though you're willing to maybe say, hey, you know what? I worked for large organizations and I grinded out 12 hours a day and i made uh, you know half a million dollars in my day and I'm willing to make a hundred grand. What, what I find ultimately happening is if you have specific personal, professional, financial goals, I don't care if it's to live on a trailer in the beach and drive your boat on the weekends and go fishing, you need money to do that. So you have to take a look at the goals, determine what that's going to take, and then you can reverse engineer what maybe the pay looks like and what this new role looks like. This is very, very important because if you don't hit these targets for you to be able to to, to design your life around this pay scale that you're in, you're ultimately gonna end up in a toxic space. You're not gonna have fun at your job because there's no more even exchange of like your effort and money so how much is that trailer on the beach for those i know some of you guys are are like hey entering the last phase of your career you and you want to have a lot of free time what is that how much is it i can tell you right now the ones i've looked at are pretty freaking expensive how much is the boat how much do you want to spend on your grandkids what are you leaving behind what are these things we have to think about this stuff because you need money to do it i don't care how, how uncomfortable this topic gets you need freaking money
1: yeah what i say all the time is hey everyone wants more money. Who doesn't for the most part, right? But hardly anyone knows how to do, you know, hardly anyone knows how to talk about it, right? With that being said, it's kind of like this whole fair, fair market value. You hear this term, how often fair market value, fair market value, fair market value. When the reality is this, I've been fortunate enough to work with thousands of people. And unfortunately, I'm not able to tell you why someone in Tampa, Florida, who is a VP of ops, who works at a mid-sized tech company, and then there's another mid-sized tech company across the street that has another VP of ops. I can't tell you why one makes 200 and one makes 400.
0: Mm-hmm. And the company
1: literally is selling a similar product, similar market share, but one person's getting paid a lot more. Why is that? Right? Why does some recruiters get paid 75K and some recruiters get paid 150K? You should be paid on to the level of the problems that you were solving. So your main goal is to go to companies that have lots of problems, but you're in luck because that's nearly every company out there right now. Every company out there needs more help in marketing, ops, process, better money management, more cash flow activities, what have you. Okay, so don't get too focused on this fair market value because I assure you, right? If you find the fortune 500 company, if that's what you're targeting for the VP role, right? You know, it's going to be multiple high six figures. Okay. But what's going to truly be the determining factor is you, not the pay band. Now, with that being said, there are many different compensation incentives. So my first tip for you today is focus on the overall earning potential annually so many people focus on like the base salary and that's it and they they're just trying to negotiate the the base salary up the the base salary up know that ladies and gentlemen at your level at small and mid-sized organizations most of your potential earnings will probably come from you know incentive bonuses profit sharing equity etc so my first thing is don't get focused on the base all of the time always focus on the on target potential earnings. And know that there's different compensation incentives. Okay. There are RSUs, stock in the company, equity, right? Some type of profit sharing model, some type of annual bonus, vacations, other incentives. There's a lot of things to kind of calculate, right? What's going to make up this total package. So don't just in, you know, just be focused on that base salary.
0: And I just want to stop you there for one second and really drive that home, guys, because that can be really uncomfortable for some people. You know, this is becoming increasingly more popular, right? Especially in like small to mid midsize organizations or startups or like a tech startup, right? Like, and particularly in sales, you have to sit down and, and really understand the overall earning potential. And if it makes you really uncomfortable that you're like responsible for large benchmarks to reach those you have to sit down and have a goal setting conversation with the person that that's hiring you. This is not, you know, the 1990s where everything is just base salary, base salary, base salary. I encourage you to have a very much growth mindset in this conversation when it comes to negotiating those incentives and bonuses, because that could like double triple your, your base salary. You have to be, you have to be careful and not be so scared of that.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, if you are a seasoned exec and you're going to go work for a smaller and mid company, to help out that CEO grow that company with maybe the the ultimate goal to exit that company, that is how individuals get paid, right? Most people in corporate America, right? They're making 200, 300, 400, 500 K if you will, right? But the majority of wealth is going to come from exits and stock. Okay. No one is going to get rich off their base salary, right? Where your true income potential is going to be at those mid-sized and small organizations right, is making the company very profitable, okay?
0: That can fired up. You can either be scared of that or get really fired up about it. I love it.
1: The other things are, hey, general negotiation tips, right? <clears throat> Never give your number first. Always ask them. They have a number in mind, whether it's the CEO, the recruiter, the HR. I assure you, no one ever hires anybody without having some type of range in mind. Otherwise, how would they know how to market that position? So they have a range. They may tell you they don't. I assure you they do, right? So when you're getting into these, hey, what's but, hey, um, Tim, what are you looking for compensation-wise? Hey, great question. What did you budget for this role? And then you might get some pushback. Oh, you know, we're not sure. Well, hey, that's okay. Tell me more about the the position. I'm sure we can come to terms on compensation later if it's a, a fit for both of us. So many people struggle with this. They don't know what to say. They're not sure. It's okay. Just simply ask, hey, what do you have budgeted for the role? Oh, you know, we're not sure. It's a new business unit. Well, that's okay. Hey, I'm sure we can figure it, it out together if we feel it's a fit on both sides. Hey, I'm, I will not let compensation stand in the way, right, of a great opportunity. Okay. Additionally, here's my next big piece of advice. If you are going to negotiate your offer, When it comes in, do it via email, okay? We negotiate 99% of all of our offers here at ECU via email because here's why, okay? If you aren't really trained, like going through our salary negotiation certification program and you don't know these things, the last thing you wanna do is get on with the CEO who says, hey, Christina, I told you the top was 180, but you asked me for 220 and I'm really having problems making sense of this. What are you gonna say, right? So unless you're a seasoned sales professional, a seasoned negotiator, hey, stick to email, okay? One of the easiest ways to do that if you get the offer in is just to say, hey, Christina, can't wait to work together. Look forward to our partnership, right? I know you mentioned you're having problem running digital ads and you're currently losing $60,000 a month. Can't wait to get started to come in and optimize that. I know those cost-saving initiatives once I come in are going to be significant hey, I just had a question regarding da-da-da. What would it take to get me here because of this reason? And then you end it with, hey, I would welcome a converse. You know, I never want compensation to stand in the way of us working together, okay? I would welcome a phone call. You know, we put that at the end of all of our salary negotiations. Do you know not, I can't remember the last time where someone said, yeah, 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 I need to talk to you, okay? So if you're uneasy about it, Just do it through email. So remember the tips we have for you today. Don't give your number, find out what they have budgeted. If not, if they don't have anything budgeted, say you'll work together, right? And figuring out what a fair offer would be if you feel both parties, right, like it's a good fit for each other. The last tip you have is negotiate your offer through email. Through email. Now a recruiter may call you, right? Hey, Christina, we're excited. We're gonna, we wanna give you 175K and this and this and this. Do you accept? Hey, can't wait to get started with you. Would you be able to email all that over? And I'm going to talk with my significant other and I'll get back with you by the end of the day. Yep. So Fred, hey, I asked about the budget for the role and was told they were unsure. The announcement had a range. That's crazy, right? Come on, guys. You're going to post a job online, give a range, then talk to someone and they're going to say they're not sure. It's wild, right? So remember, work together then. Okay, you're meeting with the CEO. Hey, Christina, you know, you've been trying to get a hold of me on LinkedIn. I know I need a chief marketing officer. You know, I think you're the right person for the job, but I'm just not where too sure where to land in comp. Hey, work together to figure it out then. Okay. So the rule of thumb here is perceived value. You have to build that during the courting period, if you will, right? During the interview. Remember too. People always pay more for something they want. And we've given you multiple examples. So I'm sorry to say that if you're having problems with salary negotiation, it's probably because you didn't build enough value during those initial stages. So make sure you learn how to do that. Don't worry about fair market value. Try to determine what do you think your value is? Who are some people in your domain? Where are they working at? What types of companies? What are their ranges? Cause let's be honest. If you've been in business for 20 years and you're a marketer at a high level, you can't tell me that you don't have five friends that work at a variety of small, mid and large companies who would be more than willing to tell you where they're at. Okay. Remember, now, all-
0: you do be selective on how far you take that, right? Cause you want to make sure that they're making and living, you're making the amount of money you likely want to make right. And living the life you want to live. And also, maximizing their potential within their career. So I always encourage people like with, within that, you know, you need to be careful who's feeding this mind, right? Like who's feeding the space between your ears.
1: Know all of the different compensatives, compensation incentives that are going to be available to you in that offer. And remember the tips, never give your number first, figure out what they budgeted. Otherwise try to figure it out later to see if it is a good fit. And our best tip is negotiate by email, very similar to what I mentioned earlier, okay? Now, here's why, okay? Let me wrap this up one more time. Of Here's why it's so hard to talk about money, because I know this happens to all of you. You get on with the recruiter, hiring manager, CEO, and they just want to hit you with comp. Can we all agree, though, and sometimes I would make a joke about it, Where If Christina would ask me, Tim, where do you want to be compensation-wise? Hey, great question. Really depends on what I'm doing, how much I'm working, how much I'm traveling, right? I feel like if we could get more into that, I'll have a better understanding of what you're really looking for. Because think about it, ladies and gentlemen. Some positions require you to work 80 hours a week. Some only require 40. Some require you to do 2 a.m. calls in Indonesia for my global corporate execs out there. Some require you to travel internationally. That shouldn't affect compensation ranges. Christina, if you have a job that one job that one you'd work 40 hours and one job that makes you wanna work 80 hours and in each job you generally be doing the same thing, is it not common sense that you should be given more money for a job yeah. that you're working a lot more at?
0: Of course, money money is an exchange for time and value.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And and while
0: we're on that topic with time and money, and when we talked about incentives and all that good stuff, right, I've seen offers come in recently with unlimited PTO and like, there's some really cool stuff guys that you can do with these offers. I'm not saying that comes through all like, well, I mean, it's come through a handful of times in the last 90 days. What about your time? You know, because you want to build in these experiences. So think about your time and going back to those personal, professional and financial goals. If you already know that you have X amount of trips scheduled for next year, international travel or something, are you really going to be excited about taking an offer that is likely gonna require you to work around the clock for the next 12 months to even reach any kind of target? It may not be the best fit for the goals in your life. So I just encourage you to be thinking about these things as you pursue these conversations. And I want to be yeah. smart. Wanna be smart
1: about it. So you have to understand that you, you know, create more leverage for salary negotiation, the better you build your value in your interviews. You need to be able to handle the salary questions right with the recruiter or a hiring manager over the phone or on video. You need to learn the best way to get them to share their number first. You need to know, hey, what do we say if they don't give their budget? You gotta also know how to handle. Right, if they won't send you forward without knowing your salary range or how to respond to these emails, right? How to handle the call of a verbal offer? How to negotiate your your offer? You know, after you get the written offer. So, in closing, if you need help learning about how to negotiate your offer, right, or the tactics and strategies around it, go on over to execupgrades.com. Backslash podcast. Until next week, have a great day, everyone.